And it was during those um, early years that the Lord um, worked in my heart something truly miraculous. And I was thinking about it on Sunday when Charlie was preaching about um, how people doubt their salvation. And I remember how much I had doubted, always doubting, always doubting, always doubting. Until one day in the early years of all this, with my own health, the Lord just just worked in my heart that, you know, Satan does not care what you get fixated on. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to be fixated on anything but the Lord Jesus yeah, Christ. That's right. Welcome to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today, we're going to continue with last week's uh, um, uh episode. So that was part one. This will be part two with my wife, Arlene. I'm uh, back. <laughs> we, uh, we had finished the, uh, the episode for last week and we were about to, to get up and get, get back to work because we, uh, we have a family business and, uh, we looked at each other and just talked about it and realized, you know what, we're here, everything's set up. We need to, we need to continue while it's, it's still on our mind and we're, we're kind of in the flow of what's going on. So, uh, anyway, Arlene, thanks for doing this again. Sure. Okay, so last week we were just uh, talking about your life, growing up in British Columbia uh, in a Christian family, uh, three siblings, uh, godly mother and father, who had both uh, escaped communism during World War II. And, uh, you know, you were raised by, you know, parents who did not have a lot growing up and uh, had to... um, and who came to Christ, um, uh, for your father anyway, a little later on it, more in, in it, well, it was in his teenage years and, uh, what it was like to grow up, you know, with parents who knew the Lord, um, who knew what it was to do without. And they, and just how that was a, a incredible influence on you. You came to know Jesus when you were nine years old, uh, through the wordless, book, a wordless Bible through the, the different colors at representing different truths of scripture that, uh, but for you, it was a, uh, you know, it, it, the, the life of a Christian was, uh, very dependent upon yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it wasn't until after we were married that you came to understand that Christ is more than a ticket to heaven, but that he's your, he is your life. He is everything. And, um, and so that's kind of really where we had left off. We were, um, we were, uh, in a a church in Louisiana where I was the associate pastor and, uh, the Lord had just worked, uh, this incredible truth in your heart. And, uh, then he, um, he moved us on, uh, things ended well there, uh, for us, you know, people coming really out of the woodwork after, you know, after we had announced uh, my resignation and just telling us of how they had come to understand Christ was their life. And we didn't realize this was even going on. Um, so anyway, we came to his Hill on staff. Uh, originally it was a six month. Um, <laughs> it was just a six month guarantee. Uh, and, uh, and uh, it turned into, well, we, we, we've been a part of the ministry for 30, 30 years, uh, right. 30 something. And uh, so anyway, uh, let's let's keep going. It, it, coming to his hill was uh, I remember those first what, what, what was it like for you? Just the first those first six months of being here? Well, um, we came on and I was um, hired as the registrar 
for his sale, the Bible school registrar. So my, um, the person that trained me was Herb. <laughs> Herb was the registrar yeah, at Herb, that moment. Because, Herb Wolgamut. Yeah. yeah, Herb Wolgamut had just had back surgery. And so he wasn't able to do maintenance because he was on maintenance at the time, had a maintenance. And um, so he was in the office and they had lost a registrar just before Herb's surgery. So Herb jumped in and he took the registrar's position. And then I came in to take the registrar position from Herb. And so he trained me. So that was, as you can only imagine, pretty wild. <laughs> so Herb and I in the office together. And uh, so I did that job through the summer um, working with Stacy Willoughby. She was also a, she was the camp secretary and she and I and Kelly had been students together. Um, so yeah, those first few months were, were pretty fun. Um, we lived up in Casa Roca, if anybody remembers that. It was one room um, on Mount Pisgah. Yeah, to it say I was up, going to the other room meant you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it was a tiny little place with a cute fireplace. Um, we had, um, that that was the house that Dale and Patty wound up purchasing yeah. and then fixing Dale, Dale, up if Dale um, and Patty. had it on. Yeah, they, yeah, but that that's Dale and Patty Epp. Yeah, Dale yeah. and Patty Epp, sorry. They're in um, New Zealand, but those of you who know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So we lived up there for those first few months. Actually, we were there a year, right? In that house. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, it was I think the we next were. Year. Yeah. About a year. And then within those first uh, few months, um, I actually got pregnant. So that was a miracle in itself because yeah. we probably have to back the train up just slightly. Okay. You know, I had really poor health and um, the Lord, you know, the Lord used that as well in my life in when we were in Louisiana during those hard years in that church, um, there was a chiropractor that really did a lot of good for me. And it was during that I'd had a lot of miscarriages and then all of a sudden I was able to get pregnant, but that was kind of when I was at my healthiest and then I was pregnant with Lauren. Yeah. And so that was in 1992 and it, I felt like it was just a miracle. I think it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do too. And then Madeline came two years later, but and that was uh, there were some very hard yeah. hard days for me um, with with pregnancy. Pregnancy mm -hmm. was just never an easy thing for Arlene. Just always a struggle mm -hmm. getting pregnant, staying pregnant, um, and then you know even the Lauren the pregnancy wasn't bad. I actually did quite well during her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Madeline's pregnant when I was pregnant with Madeline, it was very filled with a lot of trial and a lot of hospital visits yeah. and a lot of hospital stays. Yeah. But um but yeah, that it was all part of our early years at His Hill and we lived in um Casa Roca first and then we moved the next year to um the lighthouse. Yeah. And we lived there for about three or four years, yeah, maybe. Yeah, three or four. And, um, yeah, I mean, those were just good years. You know, I had D groups. We started a music ensemble. Mm -hmm. uh, my now sister-in-law, Betsy, she was in our first yeah. um, our first um, ensemble group, and we would travel around. Kelly and I, we would practice with the students like three times a week. And um, that was all during the time that we had small babies and little kids. We did that for about 10 years. So yeah, they, they were, the, the, the ensemble was also our babysitters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd hold the kids while we were singing. Yeah. Yeah. So we had just, you know, it was really good. Um, I often did have a D group, um, 
Uh, although when things got a little busier with the kids and I think I dropped off for a while with D group and mm-hmm. picked it back yeah. up later, but right. we had ensemble. And so we were pretty busy with that group of students anyway. So it was, it was a real blessing. You know, a lot of the, you know, the Lord uses uh, being with young people to kind of keep you feeling maybe a little young or at least um, not looking young, but definitely <laughs> feeling 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 young all the time. And so it's kind of fun. It's a great environment to yeah. be in. Um, it's just a it's just there again. It, you know, I thrive on all that. So it was just a fun environment. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> well, what was it like the first, first yeah, few years? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was like. And then having babies and that life was, was new, you know, that wasn't all fun. I mean, I'm telling you nighttime getting up, not fun for Arlene. So, you know, you know, just having kids, it's just, it can be a trial. It Mm -hmm. can be not always easy, but the Lord was, was good. And we were in such a great environment, um, you know, with church and everything, uh, just everything was just really a blessing to be around even if i didn't always see it as a blessing um right it, it really was you know a, a, i was we were really blessed to be around the people that we were around and to have charlie as the director we just started to develop over the years a relationship with him um you know i didn't know him at all i don't know that you really knew him I, much. we had gone out for supper uh, for lunch he and i one time before right that so was it. we didn't have any connection with charlie um, and Patsy at all, um, right. when we came right. uh, so far as like, you know, Sonny and Judy were the director when we were, you know, the only, the only, um, connection really was your brother right. that was on yep. staff at the time, Paul. Mm-hmm. And so we overlapped for those few months and then he went on and we stayed. Yeah. So, um, that was a neat time too, just developing over the years that, that trust and that friendship with Charlie and Patsy. Oh yeah. Yeah, Uh, two two of our dearest friends. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah, it's a yeah, and we were all so young. Uh, When we first came on staff, Charlie was the oldest, and he was thirty-four. And and so we had to we you know those first those first uh, seven ten years were a lot of growing up years and. Uh, you know, learning a lot of lessons and, and, but, and, and the Lord was faithful to teach those lessons. Um, now it was, it was a a lot of fun. It was, to be honest, uh, especially, you know, thinking on those early years, all the time here was, but, but, uh, thinking on those first few years, you know, we had, uh, come out of a, um, a trying situation right. and into a completely different kind of atmosphere. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a, a respite time. Yeah, but, it was refreshing. Yeah. Now, after we had the, the two girls, then it became difficult again to, to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, um, I, I, I guess it was about um, two, maybe three years later, after Madeline's birth, a pretty big event happened to us. Um, we were, as a family, at SeaWorld. Well, that... Okay, go ahead. Right, we can talk about that. Let's go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Okay. And uh, we uh, we had a season pass for SeaWorld. So we, we went there several times throughout the summer, and we would uh, go see one or two shows, then run to the water park and, and have fun playing in the water, and then we'd go home. Well, there was a um, the, the the last time we went, uh, we we did the we we did one or two shows. We did the water park, and on the way to the car, 
We stopped for me to ride a roller coaster. The kids were too little and you wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, plus, somebody had to stay with the kids um, because they were very little. They were maybe three and five, if that old. Um, no, they were, it was 1999, so okay. it was, um, they were five and seven. Okay. And they were already okay, in yeah. school. They were already in school. Right. So we, I, I rode the roller coaster and I got off. I'm walking back to, to, to y'all. You're sitting on the bench, and I looked at the girls, and they both had, you know, especially Lauren being older, a little bit more uh, attuned with what was going on, uh, had a very concerned look on her face, and you looked like there is something not right. And I walk up to it, and you were you were very sick. And I remember getting us to the car was quite the trek. But that was the beginning of something that uh, that took years. You want right. to address that? Yeah, I'll back up just a, a couple years because okay. um, 1996 was the year that my dad died. And um, it was shortly after that that my body really kind of went into some fits. I had shingles, which is really rare for somebody that's 29 years old to have shingles. Um, they I, they um, kind of blame it on stress and things like that. But my, I was feeling a lot of stress, a lot of sadness. Really, uh, you know, when you lose your parent any time in your life, there's a lot of grieving, as I've seen with um, with Kelly, has, having lost both his parents in the last couple of years. But I have seen a bit of a difference, and that is when you lose your parent when you're younger. There just isn't the yeah. spiritual maturity or even just the maturity um, to right. handle it in a way that's, that's it's just different. Yeah, and you're never prepared for it, but when you're young, it, it it it's like it comes out of nowhere. Well, when you're young and they're young, yeah, it's yes. just like what is this? And right. so, I really struggled, really struggled. We lived far away. It took me a long time to become an American citizen because of that. Mm. I really hung on to my Canadian citizenship because I knew that there was always a possibility we would need to go back mm-hmm. for my mom. Mm-hmm. And so it was difficult. It took another nine years before I actually became a citizen after that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that was, that was sort of the beginning of the, the physical shaping, I think of my body. It had already been struggling before that. And then, you know, like we said, a little bit of time where the Lord opened a window for us to have the two girls. And, and then, yeah, I really crashed 1999. We had already started homeschooling the kids and, um, and it was, that was a whole new world for me. I wasn't around homeschooling at all. You know, back when in the nineties, it was, we were all kind of forging our way. Right. And, um, but I always knew they were in good hands. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> you were, you know, obviously, you know, you, you felt the weight of what was going on. I like to tell people we homeschooled our kids, but in reality, that means Arlene taught the children. I was simply the principal at times. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's true. but I always knew they were in good hands and they were, they really were given an incredible education and much better than the one that I received. It, it was a, a real yeah. blessing to watch that, but, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, so 1999 was pretty pivotal year for me with my health because I just crashed and I wound up in bed for, I think it was at least six weeks. And, um, that scared me to death. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, we were trying to still do school and, oh, it was really, really rough. But eventually, um, I started to come out of it thanks to 
a lot of different natural um, health um, professionals. It was a real blessing to get an education uh, like I was able to get mm-hmm. when I was fairly young, just with foods. And yeah, I mean, now you go to the grocery store and all the foods that, you know, they were talking about with me all these years ago are now like mainstream in the grocery store. Yeah, but back right. then yeah. I was literally running around. It was a scavenger San hunt. Yeah. Oh, scavenger hunt. Yeah. To say the least. So yeah, it was, it was a very huge trial in my life. I was, I really was having a hard time functioning. Um, definitely at full capacity that was not possible i was very fatigued um very not well Mm -hmm. for a lot for quite a few years actually 1999 i would say um till we were talking about this not that long ago um i'm pretty sure it was a good five years that i that was that were pretty rough yeah so I would say that was probably till 2004, maybe 2005. And, and then my, my health was, you know, started to, sl- you know, gradually Noticeably improve. Gra- yeah, yeah, getting better, yeah. And by, I would say in the last, um, it's been only in the last probably 10 years yeah. that I have seen remarkable changes oh, yeah, in my health. Yeah. Because what I do today in an average day, I n- don't think I ever could have dreamed of being able to do at my age you know years ago um never i mean i had to take naps i was i always had to take i loved kid nap time because it was like oh it's my nap time (laughs) and i would i did everything i could in in every day to make sure both kids went down the same time i mean it was just my goal every day and then i could take a nap too but Mm. um i did that for years and years Years and years I had naps, always. My mom would come to a visit for visits, and she's so sweet, so cute, tons of energy. Still. Still, yeah. yeah. And she'd come to visit, and then I'd be like, well, I think I'm going to have to go take a nap. She's like, oh, that's okay, Arlene, you're tired. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. Like... I'm just like this pathetic human being with these children. But, you know, the God, God used all that. And that was good. I needed my rest and right. he allowed me the time to, to do it. Yeah. You know, I could take a nap in the afternoon if I needed it and be ready for the evening when often students would show up at nine o'clock or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, our life was so different than the regular person's life. Yeah. And I never realized how different it was until we left. Yeah, yeah. Our life was yeah. so different, you know. Uh, nine o'clock, a lot of parties began, Yeah, you know, after class, you know, we yeah. would have big things at our home. And so life was just so different. So this whole process of me changing the way I um, handled my body <laughs> was, uh, was a real growing time, not only um, just physically, but it was a growing time spiritually. I remember the Lord really using the pictures that I was seeing with my own physical body yeah. um, as, as spiritual lessons, you know, yeah. for, for me. And it was during those um, early years that the Lord um, worked in my heart, something truly miraculous. And I was thinking about it on Sunday when Charlie was preaching about, um, how people doubt their salvation. And I remember how much I had doubted, always doubting, always doubting, always mm-hmm. doubting mm-hmm. until one day in the early years of all this with my own health, the Lord just, just worked in my heart that, you know, Satan does not care what you get fixated on. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to be fixated on anything, but the Lord Jesus yeah, Christ. That's right. And if that fixation is the fact that you don't think you're saved, 
sure. Great go place, down, yeah. Go down that rabbit yeah, trail. Yeah. Go down there because whenever, whenever it would happen to me, I was useless. I was a bag of nerves. I was panicky. Mm. I couldn't function very well with even our kids. Mm-hmm. It, I would just go down this huge, I would just fall into this huge pit. Mm. And I would feel so alone and so lost and so tired. And I would think, why do I struggle with this? Surely a Christian wouldn't. So then you go down that road. You know, I mean, it just, but the Lord was so good in that one moment. After struggling with this for a very long time, all of a sudden one day it was like, Arlene, you've been thinking about this all wrong. You know, Satan really doesn't care. Mm. Just go down that rabbit hole. He says, Mm. great, you're useless. You're useless to Jesus because you can't even, you can't, you don't even know how to trust him right now. Mm. You're just in your own fear. You're just paralyzed by your own fear. That's right. And so after that, it was very freeing. Mm. And um, I haven't struggled that way since. Mm. And that's been 20, probably 22, 23 years now. And the Lord just took it away. Yeah, it's it. it I, I remember all that. I remember you know us often having conversations about that oh, because it yeah. was it was a Just big battle. Me. Yeah, for you and you know it's it, it's not uncommon for believers. It I isn't. remember myself having to deal with it when I was a little younger than that, oh, okay. and and you know a number of students yeah. who who come and talk with us about it. Right, and you know it's that, I think that's why the Lord has worked in my heart that that the the the, the theme of the the podcast is. You know, mm-hmm. fix your right. eyes on Jesus yeah. <laughs> uh, from, from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And fixing, the word fixing, meaning to look away from all else right. to, yes. so exclusively to Christ, not not at these problems. And we think so right. naturally that if I, uh, th- but this is my problem. I've got to be, I've got to, I got to fix this problem. And and we start to realize, you know, if, if we step back and look at this, we'll realize that what we're doing is we're going to the scripture for no other purpose, but to fix my problem. Yeah. And, and for some of us, we go to Bible school for no other purpose, but fix my problem. We go to the right. Bible studies, we go to the conferences, we right. go to the, you know, we go to the, 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 uh, the week, weekly Bible studies, we go to church for no other purpose but to fix my problem, but not to be with the Lord, not to look for Jesus. And Paul said, for me to live is Christ, not for me to live is to fix my problem so Mm -hmm. I can be with Jesus. If we're waiting till we can fix our problems, before I can go before a holy God. And and I think we do that. Uh, there's no way I can pray about this problem again. I have asked yeah. the Lord so many times. I cannot take this to him again. I've got to fix this. Well, it's been beyond three. Yeah. Paul prayed three times. Right. For the thorn in the flesh. Right. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of beyond three. <laughs> and if, if we're not careful, you know, we, you know, we see oh, if we're waiting until we can get our problem fixed before we go to the Lord, yeah. we will never go to the Lord. Because oh, we Be- can't fix that's it. That's <laughs> right. There's nothing good in me, Paul says. That is in my flesh. The wishing is present, but the doing of the good is not. And he right. goes on to say, who will rescue me from thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. Right. You know, and so, uh, and so our counsel to students over the years has been, listen, your salvation does not depend upon you. Right. And they'll go, well, I know. Well, stop acting like it. Yeah. Stop, stop being fixed on that and it and by faith accept the truth that you have been washed 
you have been cleansed, according to 1 Corinthians. You were lost. You were filthy, but you have been washed in Christ. Right. Now, associate with what is true. Live from what is true. Right. Trust him, not you. A book that uh, has been very important to me over the years has been by Helen Rosevere called The Living mm. Sacrifice, and we've read it numerous times with D groups over the years, yeah. and then um, I've read it myself. And one part that she would always just um, reemphasize and reiterate over and over and over was that we just don't have, as, as we've been bought by, a, bought by Christ and his blood, we've been bought by him. We don't belong to ourselves. So the rights that we think we have, they are no longer mine. Mm-hmm. And she even writes in there, I do not have the right to feel saved. Mm. And I remember mm. reading that and reading that thinking, oh, but I want to feel saved. Yeah. I don't. I, and it's like those rights have been purchased by mm. the blood of Christ. Mm. So... I don't have the right to even feel it. Mm. It doesn't mean I won't. It just means I don't have the right to demand it. And it doesn't mean you aren't. And it doesn't mean I'm not saved. Yeah, right. it just means that feelings aren't facts. That's right. And so Feelings are not the determination of what is true. Right. And so if I'm just going to be determining my, you know, everything, basically, based on how I feel, I'm going to have a pretty mm. messed up view of what's real. And constantly changing. And constantly changing, which is where our world is today. Yeah. yeah. It always has been, but yeah. I just think it's exaggerated. It's amplified now, yeah. No, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and and how often that's actually what we have to deal with is right. my feelings. Oh, yeah, you know, big time. Yeah. And, yeah. and if we're not careful, our feelings determine what we believe to be true. Well, and we act off of those feelings. That's right. And that's the, that's the dangerous part. You know, it's, you know, to feel something or not feel something. And I, I mean, I've watched myself grieve. I've watched my mother grieve. And I've watched my sister grieve. Some very, very serious losses yeah. in their lives. But um, grieving in itself isn't sin. <laughs> grief is. Right. Grief is an emotion. Right. But if I act on that, and it might be, it'll be different for every person. You don't even know what that act is, mm-hmm. you know, because whatever is done without faith is sin. Mm-hmm. So whatever I'm doing that is not done by trusting and fixing my eyes on Christ, right. it is sin. Right. And I think I'm right. going to be pretty surprised one day mm. at my pile of ashes yeah. that I thought were done in trust and faith in Christ. Yeah. But they weren't right. because they were just done with my own self-effort right. and my own just trusting in my own emotions, trusting in my own feelings, trusting in what, like what Judge just says, doing whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. Yeah. You know, we have so much that we have to depro, you know, we have to allow the Lord to deprogram us. From yes. Because we're just so filthy, really, yeah. without it. And really, you know, what you were alluding to earlier, there's so much of that right now. Yeah. Not like there's like it has not always been. You know, you look at scripture and see that the early church had to deal with much of the same things. But we see so much now uh, within society, for sure. But I think Western society, right? Yeah, good point. But I think the reason we see so much confusion, so much frustration, 
and combativeness within our society, our Western society, it's because the church has lost its influence within society. You know, it's interesting you even say that because I I had pulled out on my phone a, a quote that I had. This little um, this a little blog post I guess I'd read years ago, and I I um, wrote it down. And you were talking about just the the church losing its influence, and I know for for me as a mom, I was a homeschool mom, but just a mom and the influence that you have on your kids, mm-hmm. and how important of a role that is in the raising of your kids that you're present and not only present your the importance of like some that you've that you've modeled for us and that is being in church and the importance of of spending time reading the bible to your kids and the importance of taking them physically to church and modeling and so I think so much of our life has become kind of like what I have said has been my struggle for so many years, and that is the just the the desire to just have self satisfaction, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. self pleasure, you know. And when that is our goal in life, we totally miss Jesus. Mm. And so, this I read years ago about, and just maybe as a little encouragement to some of you that are young moms. And that are young parents, but um, take your kids to church, this woman said. Make the effort. Wake them up early. Fool with the belts and the buckles and the fancy hair bows. Endure the sleepy, grumpy faces and the misplaced shoes. Run around like a mad woman, gathering everybody's everything and trying to get out the door on time. Hop to the car with a shoe in one hand and your makeup bag in the other. Give those babies a Pop-Tart and some milk and let them eat them in the car. If it's raining, get wet. If it's cold, get a jacket. If you're tired, go tired. But take those babies to church. Amen. You know why? Because Jesus is there. Mm. He's there. And he'll meet them there. And you too, Mama. I'm sorry. It's something that is really dear to my heart because... I just want moms and dads to do well. Yeah. But she goes on and says he'll be there in the sweet smile of their Sunday school teacher as she greets them into their room. He'll be there in the goldfish and the apple juice and the filling of their little bellies and hearts. He'll be there in the hug from a sweet friend and the encouraging smile that assures you that they just barely made it too. He'll be there in the sacred words read from the Bible, speaking truth to their little impressionable hearts. He'll be there in the worship and the raised hands and the watery eyes and the whispers of praise. So take them. Carry all of their Bibles and drawings and toilet paper tube creations. Sit by them and worship. Open your Bible and open theirs. Show them how to find the scripture the pastor is preaching from. Show them how to worship. Explain to them why he's worthy of worship. Let them see you laugh and cry and praise and study. Forgive their wiggles and paper rustles and know that they're listening even when it seems like they're, they aren't. Ask them questions and answer the ones they ask you. Introduce them to Jesus. Tell them of his greatness, his power, his faithfulness. Tell them with your words and show them with your life. Tell them what he's done for you and how you've, how you've been changed by his grace and forgiveness and goodness and love 
Tell them how they can be too. Point them to Jesus over and over and over again. Take your kids to church. They'll love it there. It's the only place where they can go and be themselves. They don't have to be good enough or smart enough or athletic enough. They don't have to perform for approval or achievement. They just get to go and hear how much God loves them. Just because they're them. Just because he created them. They're valued, wanted. Their worth isn't based on the grades they make or their ability to throw a curveball. It's not dependent on their performance or skill level. And they need a little more of that, don't you think? A little more grace and a little less pressure. A little more love and a few less demands. Take them to church before you take them to the ball field or the dance studio or the gym. Before you take them on vacation or to grandma's or to the backyard to play. Take them to church. Let them know it's a priority. Show them it has eternal value. Let them see you set aside schedules and extracurricular activities and work and busyness to be present with the Lord in his house. I promise you won't regret it. I promise it won't return back void. Take them to church. Mm -hmm. I promise it's worth it. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Amen. I mean, that just makes me cry my Does little it? eyes out. <laughs> I'm a mess. But just the the heart of a parent. Yeah. And what God's heart is toward us is all of that and more. Like he takes our messiness, he takes all of that and he just showers us with himself. Mm-hmm. And how can we just basically spit on that by saying all these other things are so much more important and because of our feelings because of how we feel yeah yeah. i don't feel like like, you know our feelings determine whether or not we will take our kids to church and and that's got no place in the decision making it's it's to have no place because the word's clear forsake not the gathering together yeah there's a reason for that because it is the church that God has left us with, that Christ leaves us with to be in fellowship with the Father. Right. It is not through any parachurch, as good as his hill is, and, and that was and that was something we had to deal with. Right. You know, and raising the kids in that kind of atmosphere where yeah. you are you are with saturated. Uh, saturated, strong believers, strong fellowship, you know, Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday, you know, right. and and d- d- but we can't let that take the place of church because that's not what God has left us. But our feelings will tell us something else. Right. And like I appreciate what you said that you know that feelings are, are they're feelings in and of themselves are not bad. They're something that the Lord can use, right. but they're not to be the determination of what is true. Right. Feelings are a result of things. Right. Not they should not be the cause of things. Right. And so we, you know, we're, we're, and I know that was something you and I had to be purposeful about because we're in this, you know, we're in this saturated, incredibly rich atmosphere, right? you know, uh, of, of his hill and all that goes on in this discipleship ministry. It's a 24 right. seven ministry. It's not just nine to five Monday through Friday. And so it's, it, it, be, it would be easy to say, you know what, we're not going to go to church today, uh, you know, the, the, because, you know, we, we, we can do some other things, you know, that it'll be really good for us to, to just spend some time with the family, you know, just go do something else. And well, wait a minute. I know that's what your feelings say. I know that you're tired and that, you know, that was the case often when we were full time here, 
that you know yeah well we did music at church too so i know there were a lot of days i'm like oh yeah 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 just oh my goodness we got it but to go and because we we did purposely make that decision you know we we want the kids to understand what church life is that it's not just attending sunday morning to listen to a sermon and then leave as quick as we can but this is this is what the lord has left with us he is left with us to be with him as a body it is a with it is with that that body it is the church and though we may not understand it this is his truth so we need to act on what is true not on how i feel well and i know like the kids we took them to you know they did youth group things they did um awana yeah and i think awana was pretty important to the kids growing up um it was a it was a blessing i know madeline will say lauren struggled more with memory just Mm -hmm. memory verses just in general but i don't think that means that it wasn't profitable oh no 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 i think she enjoyed it yeah and it not just enjoyed i think it was yeah it was rich i think for them to just be saturated in god's word and there's just so much that i know that they say now that they're so glad that we did they talk a lot about sunday school Right. Yes, they yeah. had wonderful Sunday school yeah. teachers. Even now as adults, they remember yes. those times. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm so grateful, you know, that that I was raised in a home and that you were raised in a home where going to church was important. And I know that people sometimes turn it around and say that it's just legalism, you know, that I should be able to do X, Y, or Z and it don't have to go to church. But it's like, but what what is it that we're what we're seeking after? You know, what are we saying to our children when we don't make the effort? Right. What are and we it's, saying? It's are we legal. saying that it's that something else just is more important right. than the Lord Himself? That's a good point. And legalism is doing something for like the Pharisees. You know, it's an action. You know, if I do this, then this will be right, you know, the, the reality. Yeah. And then I am right. Then right. I, and, and yeah, that's legalism. Right. So you can legalistically attend church. That's not what we're talking about. No, it's out of obedience to the Lord, trusting him because this is his revealed truth. This is what he makes clear to us. Yeah. Then let's trust him with it, despite how we feel. And, yeah. uh, and, and so, you know, that's, that's one example. And I think, um, we have the church has lost its influence in society because we we live governed according to our feelings and not according to truth jesus says i am the way the truth right and the life no one comes to the father but through me and so i think our decisions need to be based on what he reveals to us right and and it will always agree with his word it will always agree with the bible and that's that's our test you know am i thinking according to my feelings Am I thinking according to my flesh, my mind, or am I thinking according to God's revealed truth in Christ shown in Scripture? And, uh, and, and you know, we, we are sitting here sounding pretty passionate about this, but that's because, like you said, we want to see, in this particular case, we want to see parents do well. Yeah. You know, and we, we, we do. We, we, you know, we, we, it's, it's from love that we say this. Yeah. It is from a heart of concern. Right. Uh, that we would like to in- encourage the the younger generation to to live governed by truth. I think something that helped us as well. I've thought about over the years, and that is um, involvement. And I think when there is a bit of um, when there's when there are responsibilities that you have, 
Um, or you're not just in the back row, you know, sliding in and sliding out, that you actually are taking apart. Like the, the Lord can use those responsibilities to keep you there. I know Charlie had often said that, you know, his the Lord had him preaching to just keep him in the yeah, word. Yeah. And I think that that's like, that, that can be true that so many times just having the responsibilities of doing the music and mm-hmm. you teaching Sunday school mm-hmm. and those type of things were just really important. So I, I just wonder if, you know, part of what's been lost over the years has just been our lack of involvement yeah. in, in maybe what the Lord has been prompting us to do, but we just don't step out in faith and do it. Yeah. I don't have time. Or maybe there's yeah. not, not, doesn't seem like there's opportunity like mm-hmm. there used to be when maybe we were younger and church was structured differently. I mm-hmm. don't know. Maybe your church, you know, just doesn't have a lot to offer, but doesn't mean that the Lord isn't, you know, trying to prompt us and, 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 um, and move us so that we are ministering to people's hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with that, if the Lord's prompting you, if, if there's, if there's something in, you know, that the Lord's just working in your heart, you know, being someone that has been on church staff and has been a part of church leadership, I can tell you that if you approach church leadership and yeah. let them know that this is what the Lord's doing in my heart, yeah. that if, if this leadership, you know, if, if, if they're in tune with the Lord, you know, you're going to find, thrilled. yeah, you're going to find that they say, okay, well then if that's yeah, what the Lord's working sure. in your heart, let's facilitate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, we would encourage people with that. Now, of so this is something the Lord has worked in our heart being uh, full-time at His Hill. We were there for 23 years full-time. Right. And, right. Uh, and there were, you know, they were very rewarding, very, you know, just incredible years. Our kids were born uh, there. They grew up there, became adults there. Yeah. They both attended His Hill. They made that choice. They had the option to go to other centers. But yeah. the Lord, and, and, you know, that would have been fine. Uh, but the Lord just worked in their hearts, uh, really without really us pushing that at all, um, that, that they, they wanted to be students at his hill and partly because they, they wanted to sit under some of the teaching that they had seen affect the students come. And, uh, and it was, it was uh, a rewarding time. It was a little different for me, you know, to be the, the principal there, the dean of students, mm-hmm. and and have my children there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to be careful with using examples in class. <laughs> I had to yeah, be careful sure. what I said. And it also... It laser eyes. And it would take me back, too, every time I ended up asking one of the girls to pray, to, to actually have a student in their prayers say, you know, and Lord, please give Dad the words. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that, that was something I wasn't used to. Uh, but it was a good time for us as, as, uh, as mom and dad to have the kids... Uh, there in the student body. But important, like Madeline, she had said recently, and actually she didn't say it. It was a student that's there currently. Um, his dad told me recently that the reason why they encouraged their child to go to his hill was because of hearing Madeline's testimony. Mm. Mm. Um, when they became members at Bernie Bible, she and Thailand, and Madeline shared that she grew and learned so much at Bible school and her life totally changed in her relationship with Jesus. And she'd been raised in our home. Yeah. Surrounded by all that great stuff. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until she went herself and put herself under all that teaching and really learned that her life radically changed Mm -hmm. with the Lord Jesus. And so this friend of ours who had been, had heard her testimony um, said to me, he said, if that kid 
who grew up there needs to go. And her life radically mm. changed. How much more does my kid need to go? Mm. And that's why he's at Bible school. Yeah, that's yeah, that's encouraging. So yeah, the Lord. it's really neat. And, you know, of course, it didn't come without their struggles. You know, I was the mom. Yep. Of their of them, you and I lived at the bottom of the hill at this time at the, you know, at the in the, in the log cabin and mm-hmm. and there was I used to say there is a magnet at the top of that hill and it is dragging our kids up there every day. I would fight with them. Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? And I'm like I there was a time when they were getting about middle school, early high school, they wanted to be up there all the time. And it wasn't always healthy right, for them, right. and so we really had to balance. Not that it was a balance. bad place, but no, but they were. But it wasn't the right place for well, them always. Well, because of their age, yeah, and they were then being surrounded by eighteen-year-olds all the time who had different kinds of conversations and different kind. Rightly so, yeah. Um, so our kids, we were trying to, you know, keep them more with kids their own age um, at that time, and. So there was there was a lot of struggles that they personally had. The students viewed them different. You know, they just went through hard times. Yeah. So it was really neat when both of them went to Bible school for themselves, mm-hmm. yeah. and really grew grew immensely in the Lord. And they teach me. Mm-hmm. They teach me now. Yeah. And then something surprising happened to us. Um, you know, right. we we pretty much had had settled in and just considered this is where we're going to be. Right. Uh, you know, till we die. And, right. um, you know, I remember thinking, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll just grow old here. They're not going to kick us out for old. They'll take care of us. And well, they might kick you up, but they'll keep me. <laughs> they keep you for sure, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and just thought, you know, and we were good with that. You know, this is yeah. this is wonderful. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, in a very short period of time, the Lord worked in both of our hearts that we need to, we need to resign and moved to Louisiana where my parents were uh, because dad had Alzheimer's and uh, to help with taking care of him. We ended up going six months later. Mom had uh, chronic kidney failure. A year later. Yeah. yeah. And we ended up, you know, really having to give more physical care to mom right. than, than dad. And then in the last two years, mom and dad both passing away and we came back. Now, during those years we were gone, I was still on the board and still teaching three times a year. So we maintained a connection. Right. Uh, and now we're back yeah. and I'm part-time. We, we have a connection. It's different. But, well, uh, my life dra- drastically changed. Right. Because in those six you know, years. From yeah. the, you know, hosting, being basically a host, hostess to, um, you know, young people. Yeah. You know, all the time um, to all of a sudden you know, taking care of, of elderly people with physical problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a dramatic change of my life. In the process of all that, we started, I started playing around making our own cosmetics. And um, that was all done, even started at his hill. So, you know, when I look back, like, when I look back at my life and think, oh, well, so many things that the Lord's had, you know, just me do, um, not even just us, but just, you know, you mm-hmm. separately mm-hmm. from me, um, my life has been very, um, colorful, <laughs> you know, the Lord has given me a lot of thing. You know, we've had goats, we've had chickens, we've had, you know, I got into all of the natural world. I've, 
I, I mean, it's just been really an interesting than now this business and working full time. Like natural you do. world, you mean like natural organic? That that's what you're talking about, you know, with what we eat and our health. Yeah, and all, all of that, that yeah, right? Yeah. The natural world. So, anyway, not that we all of a sudden got into the fleshly world, not to the natural. Oh, oh, oh brother! <laughs> yeah, no, I want to think all that. But um, I think it's just it's it's neat how the Lord takes these situations and then He starts to redirect things in yeah. a different way, and He says, "Okay." I want you, you know, I know you thought your life was going to look a certain way, Mm -hmm. but it's just not. And I think for me, just realizing that you just have to hold things loosely, you know, just don't hold on to anything tight. Right. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a good thing, a good it, yeah. thing like his hill. Yeah, that's right. But just, it's a gift from God. Yeah. It isn't my right. And what makes it good? Well, it's Jesus himself. That's right. And so, and so we hang we on to, to it loosely. The, yeah. And it's like, okay, Lord, well, where do you want to use me next? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And as a family, he moved all of us over there, but individually we all had different roles yeah. and we all had different parts to play. And I know for me, the part was was in caring for your parents and developing this little side business. Well, that I has remember turned into a lot more than a side business. That's right. And 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 during the process of that, um, you know, the, the Lord having to, and using you for this in my life. I remember, I remember one, I remember you doing it several times, but I remember one specific time we were in our house in Louisiana on the back patio. And you said, Kelly, cause I was really struggling with the changes. Right. And you said, Kelly, you've got to understand that ministry has not ended. It looks different, Yeah. but it's still very much the ministering of the life of Christ. And, you know, what I was really struggling with is I was not with these young people every day. I was not in class like I had been. I was not, you know, I was not given as much opportunity to preach and teach. And what had, what was going on was that I was starting without knowing it. I very much was identifying that this is the life of Christ. Mm -hmm. And while it was, that's how the life of Christ was being shown and used in me, that was not the life of Christ in and of itself. And, and you, you, you recognize this in, in just, you know, watching me and you were encouraging me constantly that, listen, this is your ministry, your mom, your dad, your work, because, you know, I was doing different things then. All of a sudden we were in construction. I was flipping houses, you know, Thailand, our son-in-law and myself, along with my brother, Paul. And, we, it was different. It was so different, you know, and. But I probably had the advantage over you with that. Mm-hmm. And that was simply because I had not been doing the same type of role mm-hmm. at his hill that you had been doing. I was at home. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I think came some different perspective yeah. where I could look at it and say, the menial does not mean lesser. Mm-hmm. The menial does not mean non-ministry. If it does, then Jesus, it's not true. Mm. Mm. Then the life of Christ and what he said right. isn't true. No. If I am at home with my kids, teaching them school, and that is, according to the world, not worth anything. But if, right. but if it actually isn't worth anything in the grand scheme of things, according to even God, then what Jesus has said of being the way, the truth, and the life isn't even true. Right. But it, it he is true. He yeah. is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And he breathes life into anything we do. 
And I mm-hmm. think that's where mm-hmm. that's where I am right now in a totally different world that I never thought I dreamed even that I would ever be in right. or never pursued. Right. It's what the Lord has literally handed to me. Right. And that has been a struggle. That did not come easy. I fought this world. I didn't want to work full time. I did not want to go this direction. You know those days. Right. You know the days of me saying I don't want it. Yeah. And the Lord just kept kept it on. He kept the pressure on and he kept pushing me and saying this is what you have to do is what you have to do because it was just simply before me. I couldn't escape it. Mm. And the Lord eventually no, that's not fair because the Lord would have done it immediately. But eventually, I think I brought, brought, you brought around. me around to where I love it. Yeah. So it's not a fight anymore. Mm-hmm. It's exciting yeah. to see, sure, do we work a lot? Yes. You know, am I tired? Yes. Do I have hard days? Yes. Mm-hmm. But is there excitement knowing that God is doing something mm-hmm. through something as seemingly ridiculous as makeup and cosmetics but he's doing it you know see it it's it's interesting that having gone through that time and now being at this point it was interesting during that process what what started to happen is for myself i you know there was opportunities sometimes for us to come back and on some of those occasions to preach and on a couple of occasions having people come to us sometimes it was just you and say there's something different you know i you know I, but i but i had always preached what are you talking about no there's something different and you know i can look back at that and realize it's because the lord was working something in my heart yeah that my identity is not being a preacher not being a teacher my identity is christ right and you know, although, you know, I, I was growing, I understood that before, but I was growing in the reality yeah, the of this. deep, the deepness. I of didn't, it. I didn't have to have the title Dean of Students or Principal. I didn't have to have the, you know, the pulpit or the teaching podium. Yeah. podium. I, but I, I could be working in construction. I could be taking care of mom, taking care of dad. I could be working at making cosmetics. Right. And then something interesting started to happen with that. I think one of my favorite illustrations has been the time we got the message. You know, we get messages all the time from the, our customers. And, the, you know, the Lord has, you know, like you said, it's a sideline that the Lord has grown into. It's, it's, a, it's a full-blown business that the Lord is providing, you know, a, a, a living for us and now employees that, and, and, I remember the. There's been, you know, we 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 have customers calling to pray, and you know, there's been opportunities for us to minister through the business. But do you remember the one woman that wrote to us and said, "It is through your company that I have come to realize that my identity is not in how I look, mm-hmm. but my identity is Christ," yeah. and that just floored me. Yeah, that the Lord. <laughs> can use a makeup company, a cosmetic company to teach somebody that your identity is in me, not in how you look. That as believers, whatever he lays before us to trust him in, this is ministry. 
exactly. And it was the kids actually that that brought things um, forward. I think yes. it was Madeline a number of years ago, and it was she and Tylen that had been talking a lot about it all, and they were just like, you know what, we just need to be who we are. I mean, it's always how I had felt because years ago, one reason why I was so afraid to even go into this world is because I thought, well, who in the world is going to be able to relate to me? Who in that world is going to be able to relate to me? And what I mean by that is um, the back when I first started all of this health journey back in the late 90s and the early 2000s, um, there were certain types of people that just shopped there and they weren't necessarily like me. Uh, now a lot of people that like me, you know, just regular moms, regular women, they're, 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 they're wanting to buy more natural things and it's become, it's become totally different. But back when we first were doing all this and back when I was first making cosmetics, it was really, um, it was really different. And I just thought, who will our customers be? Like, who in the world will be able to relate to us and to relate to me in particular? And Job Martin, I had all of these fear, fears, and it was Job Martin. It was so great. One day he was at our house, and he said to me, he said, Arlene, he says, you really ought to do something with this. Mm. And he really encouraged it, and I really um, appreciated it not only coming from Job, but just remembering also what he's also said over the years, and that is we have to have Christian scientists. We have to have Christian, like we basically need to infiltrate every sphere of society with, with biblical truth. Like we need Christ to be seen in every area of society. Right. Don't right. run away from science. Don't run away from, you know, being a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer. You know, Don't run away from those things and be a housewife. You know, infiltrate all the areas and you know, the cosmetic industry is a dark world. And Very we are dark. discovering yeah. just how dark it actually is and how twisted it all is. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really exciting how the kids coming to us saying, we want things to look different. We want us to just be ourselves. And, um, and you know, Lauren and Madeline have both been so, and Thailand, they've just been so important in the, in the, in the business in realizing that we are, we are who we are with um, with Christ, and we just can be ourselves. Yeah. And I know, um, you know, Madeline was important with that, and Lauren has been so challenging over the years with with her love of the Lord. You know, being older, you know, she's thirty now. She's not married, and she is so challenging and godly in her approach to life. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so contented. Yes. In yeah. her in her walk with the Lord. And she takes all of this too in stride with the business and really um you know, she does a lot of customer service as Madeline does too, but she Madeline Lauren took it over from me, um, the customer service end and and she has just done a marvelous job of being able to communicate with people. She get on the phone with them at times and she emails back and forth and and I just love the way the Lord has just used the softness and the sweetness mm-hmm. of Lauren. Um, to communicate with with our customers and to and to to just 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 show Christ to them. I see it happening all the time, and the same thing happens with Madeline. The same thing happens with Thailand. Yeah, and I'm I'm just thrilled to be a part of of this of this life with Christ. That it is not boring. Mm-hmm. It is not cookie cutter, mm-hmm. and we can't ever decide ahead of time what it's going to look like mm. because it probably will never look like what we imagined it because it's going to look better yes and it's going to look different and it's going to be great mm. you know and so even if it's hard because believe me 
we didn't touch on it much, but they can listen back to the hard stuff. We did that one podcast with the family. Yeah. There's been plenty of hard. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't been good because God is just pushing us toward himself. Mm-hmm. Just pushing. Yeah. You know, he just does yeah. it gently. Yeah. He's not rough, but he gently just draws and he just says, come to me. Just come to me. Yeah. Come to He's me. He's persistent. Persistent. Yeah. He doesn't want us to forget him. Yeah. Because he knows you know, it's for our good. In in the last uh, few minutes here, let's talk, since we've talked about the business, let, let's talk about, because I think it would be good to encourage people uh, in, in whatever is before you, whether, you know, being a housewife, a doctor, yeah. a lawyer, uh, to, to, to be an employee or an employer, you know, no matter what it is, that the, the Lord has his life for that of course and that is your that is your avenue of ministry of course yeah let's talk practically about the business what are some things you've mentioned you know where the kids have been bold yeah you know, where they have right. challenged us to let's right. you know make a stand let's talk practically how has that looked what is what has what what have what has happened you know to to show that are you kind of referring to the the um the pro-life movement well let's let's talk about that but i remember you know when you know it was just uh just recently you know people will will remember this uh it was a year and a half two years ago i guess you know everybody was posting these blackout screens on their social media you know uh, just identifying with this this movement um that is um that is very much of the world you know, with the yeah. with the guise of it being compassion and yeah. truth, you know, we're I know not gonna get into all that. But but what what happened there with with us? Well, I think the thing, you know, Instagram is such a weird world. And it's and not, all of social media. Yeah. And it's not really something that we would even choose personally to mm-hmm. be really heavily involved with. It's just that our business kind of runs pretty heavily from Instagram and podcasts and social media. But um with all of that, the, um, the, 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 the sadness of it all is that you just kind of, what you see happen on Instagram is that people will just jump this, mm-hmm. will just jump on one bandwagon to the next bandwagon, whatever right. the, is sort receive, of the, the next thing that everybody is doing. They receive their marching orders. Yeah, they receive their marching orders and then and they, they just obey. All, yeah. all obey. And it's yeah. like, we're just little puppets and nobody's even thinking. Yeah. And, and so it's been interesting how the Lord has, has, um, has just worked in all of our hearts to just be who we are. We never got political. That wasn't ever our goal because all we wanted to do was to preach Christ. Right. That's what we wanted to have come out. And from that has sprung, I think, wells of living water to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Madeline writes beautiful posts. Yeah. Um, and she, and, and purposely just interrupt, she came to us and she says, listen, there, there are people posting these rainbows and posting these blackout screens. They are identifying with these things. Yeah. We need to be clear about where our identity is. And right. She was very challenging with it. And so she started to post scripture right. on our business yeah, site. Lots of scripture. And we were, and, and really th- that was bringing the largest response, just simply posting scripture. And then uh, we went on to go ahead. Yeah, then the Lord just seemed to to move us, especially this last spring when the Roe v. Wade decision was um, was changed, uh, that we would start to 
be a little bit more vocal about where we stand. And so we have been vocal that we are pro-life and what that means to us um, biblically. So, you know, because we don't view it as a political issue. We view it as a spiritual issue. Right. And so um, that is where we've come down. And and it's been just a, an interesting road that the Lord has allowed us to have um, even money that we've been able to pour into different um, ministries and pro-life groups and different things uh, that the Lord's just given us ability to do that. And, you know, I was thanking him for that, you know, recently just, you know, to be able to do that, yeah. to, to have those finances, to be able to do that. And, and so grateful that the Lord wants to use our businesses for his glory and um, whatever that would look like. Cause yeah. every, every, every business is going to be different. And it, you know, what the Lord's calling you to within that is going to be different. It's going to look different. I remember years ago, um, it was my brother. Um, he, he worked for a, a rail company and that rail company merged with a company in New York. And uh, so my brother was back and forth to, to New York a lot with a lot of unbelievers, mo- pretty much 100% unbelievers. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very rough world for him. And I remember thinking, thinking back then, wow. You know, we were at his hill at the time and I thought, I'm never around people like that. And I thought, that's really interesting that God's put my brother with these people. You know, there's a reason why God's like literally plucked him out of his nice little safe family, you know, and thrust him into this, you know, corporate, you know, America, which was a nightmare, (laughs) really Mm -hmm. a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And just placed him there as a light, you know, and I thought, wow, it's really interesting that God did that. And and, and I I remember thinking that that God um, just wants to use my brother like that. He just, he just, he's just opened that door and it's like, that's really cool. I was just really grateful. But I remember thinking, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a nobody. Like I'm just where I am. I, I can't reach those people, but that's okay because God's put my brother there. And it's like, I don't have to long for something different or to think that I should be used in a different way. That is God's business. Mm. It is 100% God's business. We need to be thankful and faithful where we are. Right. And right where we are is the right place to be. That's right. And we walk with him in that place. That's right. And we are open and available to him for whatever he's doing, whether that's a phone call, whether that's just how we converse with other people, with how with what we say in public, with what we say in private, how we handle our relationships, how we look at it, how we deal with each other. Cause that's a whole nother conversation, yeah. you know, family working right. with family that's right. and just how, how, how are we with each other? Now we have employees. How are we with them? What yeah. kind of atmosphere are we right. bringing to our employees? Is it a nourishing atmosphere? Mm-hmm. Is it a nourishment mm-hmm. of growth? I mean, an atmosphere of growth or is it an atmosphere that tears down? Right. We don't ever want that, mm-hmm. you know? And so we trust the Lord with all these things, you know, and it's like just where the Lord has, is, is the right place to be. That's right. And we just walk in obedience and faith right there. And it's and it's the best place to be. Right. And it's and and, and when it becomes about him, then we don't worry about what it looks like to us. Mm. Like like when it becomes about Jesus, then we're not worried about our own reputation. Right. We're not worried about our bodies even and we're not worried we're not fearful. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be bold because we're just concerned about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is faithful. Yes. We can be bold because he is true to himself. That's right. We can trust him with what is true. That's right. And, oh, and it's, that's it's a cool journey, right? Right. 
Anyway, that's however and, long it is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it you know, might be short. It might it be might long. Be, yeah. <laughs> and but that's but but that's the thing. The Lord's has been working in our hearts yeah. as a family. It's and, really neat. And I think it's what we want to encourage people right. with. You know, wherever the Lord has you, yeah, that's the place to be. Yeah. Trust Him. Be faithful. Be faithful. Trust Him in His truth. That's right. Not your feelings. Yeah. But what is true of Him, or what everybody else tells you, exactly. you ought to be doing. Exactly. <laughs> And let him have his way. <laughs> our dads were, our dads were um, examples. examples of that. Yes, you know both of them. That's right. You know our upbringing made a big difference in our lives. Yeah. What a blessing to be able to pass that on. Well, Arlene, thank you uh, for for spending so much time doing this. We yeah, I got to go make makeup. Yeah, here. we got to get back to work. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I I appreciate it again. Uh, these last this episode and previous episode were sprung on you last minute. And it's uh, been fun. It has been. It's nice to go down memory lane. It is. Yeah. (laughs) So thanks for doing it. Uh, We want to, again, encourage everyone that's listening to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, not on your problems, not on your feelings, but on Jesus. Let him have his way in you. He's good. And and he's and he's working all things together for good. He you know, our father is at work removing in us what is not yeah, Jesus right. and leaving us with himself. That's and that, right. that's uh, such a such a privilege, such such love that is yeah. for us to know. Yeah. So uh, Arlene, thank you again. I love you. Love you too. Our annual Thanksgiving conference is coming up soon. Meals and lodging are filling up, but sessions are still available. Please call our office at 830-995-3388 to register for sessions or inquire about availability for meals and lodging. If you cannot make it to the conference, you can still listen online to our speakers, Peter Reed and Peter Thomas, during the Thanksgiving week. Check out our website and Facebook page during the conference for live and recorded sessions. Thank you again for tuning into the His Hill podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, along with his wife, Arlene. If you would like to get in touch with Kelly or Arlene, you can contact them via email at kelly at hishill.org. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.